When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Blue by 90. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin as always. And we're pumping it up, boys. We are pumping it up. Hell of a win the other day against Maryland. The other day, I say that it's like 24 hours ago, but it's been a long time. <laughs> We've got some energy on this podcast. That's all I can say. So, how are you guys doing? I'm doing. I'm doing sleepy. I'm pretty tired. I had a lot of turkey. We had our Thanksgiving already. The trip to fans hit me hard. So I'm glad you, your energy is gonna. I need. I need to match your energy. That's my goal today. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. You know what? Listen, we, (laughs) we, listen, we're at 10 wins. Come on. How many, how many teams out there can say they're at 10 wins? There aren't many teams out there. You know what I'm saying? Not Sparty. Not Sparty. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Throw some shade out there. Throw some shade. Kalen, how are you feeling? In August, if I came on here and said, Going into the Ohio State game, we're going to be ten and one. What would you guys have said? I say you're an idiot. Get out. Get out. Get off this podcast. One hundred percent. There's no chance, right? Absolutely no chance. Oh my god, I would have slapped myself. Yeah, but here we are, right? Here we are, and you know, listen. I don't know what's going to happen this coming Saturday, but all I'm going to do is enjoy this week. I'm going to enjoy that we are 10 and one that we're, you know, possibly going to be a top, top four team going into the last week of the season. And I, I'm just proud to be there, man. It's just been fun. So for a a season that, as you said, Kalen, we did not expect to be anywhere near this. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. That's all I got to say. I'm curious to see what these rankings do look like on Tuesday. I think Ohio State will probably jump Bama, so then Bama's closer to getting knocked out if they lose to Georgia. And then I think Cincinnati's going to take that four spot and Michigan will be at five. That'd be my assumption. um, Ohio State jumped Bama in the AP rankings. Did you see that? I didn't, no. Yep. So Ohio State's two in the AP rankings now. Okay. And then what? Was Michigan five, I'm assuming? Uh, Six still. Or seven, I believe. Seven still. Wow. Behind who? I believe. Am I am I dumb or no? Six. I'm sorry. Six. Okay. The graphic they put out was Donovan Edwards on there. He's number seven, and and <laughs> I can I can see how that might trip you up, especially I mean, after a Sunday listen, Funday. If you if you put two numbers side by side for me right now, it's tough. They get blurry <laughs> when after a couple trulies. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh God. So, I mean, I will say, though, I'm bringing in the energy today for sure. 
Did you guys feel the energy from the team yesterday, though? Because it felt like, holy shit, they were on a different level. Yeah, dude, I did not expect they blow out like that for that game. I remember we were talking about it. It was like, yeah, I feel like it would be kind of like Indiana. They literally they almost scored 60 points. I don't think Moody even had to kick a field goal. He didn't kick a field goal, did he? Or maybe in the second quarter. Uh, I think second he quarter two. he did. He kicked two? one, I believe. Two? I think it was only one. It might have been only one. But I Hold on. Two. One for one. 100%. Okay. Money Moody. Money, obviously. I mean, he's not going to miss. You're, that's yeah. outrageous. Like, that's incredible. And Donovan Edwards? Awesome. <laughs> All right. I mean, do you guys want to just jump in and talk about Donovan Edwards right now? Because I'm ready for it. I'd love to. He, in my opinion, I think he should line up in the slot as the number one slot receiver for us. Yeah. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Hard, hard to disagree with that. I think all of the receivers outside of um, Cornelius Johnson, like, did awesome yesterday. Just because Cornelius Johnson had two drops where he, he really should have caught it. He still had – I'll give it. I agree with you. Those were tough drops, especially at the beginning of the game when, when like, we obviously need you to get going. He did come back with a couple good catches, though, uh, later in the game and even, like, right after those drops. So, that would be, like, the one thing I said that I would say that they did bad yesterday. But other than that, yeah, all the wide receivers, phenomenal. Same still, Andrew Anthony, two insane catches. McCarthy hey, throwing even, a dot to same still in the end zone. Even Roman Wilson, right, running this plant and everything getting open. And, you know, the receivers were just killing it. <clears throat> they looked really good. I also – I just – we got to shout out the entire team, especially what I assume is the scout team. Michigan rushing, Leon Franklin, two, two rushes for 12 yards. Isaiah Gash, two rushes for seven. Danny Hughes, one for five. Like, these dudes, I mean, obviously nobody really knows who these guys are, but we got to shout them out. It was just, it was really cool to see a bunch of guys get in for sure, uh, you know. And, and the, the best part, too, I mean, I'll go on the receiving side. Will Rollap with a catch uh danny hughes with a catch too i mean it, it was just it was cool to see these guys and the best part about it i don't know if you saw this on on uh you know somebody put it out on twitter too dan Villari, our guy on the sideline after coming off with jim harbaugh and jim's mm -hmm. like walking him through the plays and they're talking through it like i mean they it looked like they were that was QB one. And they're like going over like really important stuff. I just feel like Jim Harbaugh is like invested from player one through player 150 on this team. Yeah. I mean, he was coaching him up. It's awesome to see. And especially when it's our boy, I know that one pass that he had was, uh, was incomplete, but when, when they let go, when it came out of his hand, I was like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's a <laughs> well, beautiful he completed ball. Beautiful the one ball. pass, but they called it back. That was yeah. what happened. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what, to, what does he got to do to get a completion, man? We're <laughs> I just, know, man. We're, <laughs> come on. We're, we're dying for one over here. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. JJ had a nice little, uh, uh, recovery scamper run as well for a touchdown. JJ. Yeah. Yeah. That was sweet. I mean, the one thing I will say about JJ is to come back after, you know, not playing last week, and we didn't really know what that situation was. I thought he came in like he didn't skip a beat and just played really well. 
Um, and, and he did show off his athleticism a ton. There were multiple times where he was running, you know, uh, you know, scrambling and things like that. So it, it is to me, there are some times where I'm like, man, it would be really nice to have JJ out here in this situation where he can make something happen. Um, but obviously you go back to what Cade did too. you know, Cade 21 for 28 for 260. Uh, with two TDs and zero interceptions, I saw something that he this he has a QB rating that's the best QB rating under uh, under Jim Harbaugh outside of Shea Patterson in 2018, I believe. So wow, yeah, that says Kay's a lot about what he's able man. to do. Yeah, and and with the JJ thing too, I was I, I don't know if I want to say I was shocked, but I was very delighted to see him come to the game and perform as well as he did. He looked really good. I think that was like peak JJ, like what everybody was kind of expecting to see out of him. Right. Yeah, I think everybody – this was like one of those games where I'm like pretty much everybody had a good game. Some guys had like a really good game, but pretty much everybody had like like played pretty well, which is exactly what I want to see before the game this weekend. It was good yeah, to see them yeah. kind of match their points, match Ohio State's points. I Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Do you – do you think that Ohio State can keep up with Michigan's prolific offense, this high-powered <laughs> offense? Because Michigan, you know, they, they did score more points than Ohio State did on Saturday. Poverty program, man. I'm just – I'm speaking facts. I'm looking at the stats right next to me, and they did. <laughs> they did score more points. Uh, and so it's – you know, I just don't know if Ohio State will be able to keep up. Will, will they be able to keep up? Will their defense be able to stop Michigan's offense? I, I mean, nobody's asking these questions. I don't know why. I, I don't know why it's just us. I, <laughs> uh, I'm just I, waiting for this to get, like, clipped. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ohio State board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Ohio State message boards are going to take this and run with it. But, oh my um, God. yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you, Kalen. Like, you do look at – you look at J.J. McCarthy's stats too, five for five for 58 yards. Uh, and then he had, you know, a couple rushes plus the TD. That throw to Sainer still was – I mean, it was beautiful. I don't – he maybe outstretched him a little bit, but Sainer still made the catch. These wide receivers, Sainer still, Anthony – Holy smokes, man. They they were making plays all over the place. The crazy thing is, I didn't even feel like we needed to use Haskins yesterday a ton, you know? Yeah, I mean, he had a solid game, 20 carries for 78 yards, but it's like, yeah, we didn't need to rely on him. Like, it was great to see the passing game get going. Um, you know, receivers making plays, guys getting open. It's nice when you don't have to rely on Haskins. It's probably he was probably like kind of not like happy that he didn't have to worry about being a workhorse, especially right. before the Ohio State game coming up. Did you guys realize that that game had the most receiving yards by a player named Donovan? Oh, by far, not even close. <laughs> I don't get it. Am I dumb? <laughs> oh, come on. There's a, a young man playing a wide receiver at for the, the Browns. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at first, I thought you were going to say uh, a real stat. Well, that was a real <laughs> stat. But I thought you were going to say the the running back 
what was it like the most reception yards in a game for a Michigan running back? Yeah, that's what I thought he was going yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> but also real stat, yes, <laughs> same. The Donovan more reception yards in uh, in a game than Donovan Peoples Jones might have had in his entire career. I don't know. That's what it felt like. Which is crazy. I know. It's I mean, crazy. 70, 77 of them came on that one swing pass or, you know, wheel route, whatever you want to call it. Um, but still 10 catches leading, leading the team by the next highest guy was at four Cornelius and Dalen Baldwin. So man, I, I just feel like if you have quorum out there too, man, how many, how many weapons are there that you can get in space and, and do all that. And so you know, I, I still – I think Josh Gaddis did fantastic. Obviously, if you're putting up close to 60 points, you, you call it a great game. I'm hoping to see the same thing next week. I'm hoping to see creativity. I'm hoping to see things we may have not seen in the past. It, it's – you know, there it just seems to be so many options that, that you know, for us to just run it up the middle – uh, uh, you know, one more time is like uh, it's like a detriment to what you could possibly do. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when you see that. And Corum didn't he didn't play at all, right? No, he didn't. He didn't. I I think he made the trip just to just to make the trip. The but I don't think they had any plan of him playing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think did what you he, guys did. You guys see he was handing out turkeys today. Was he? Yeah. He, it was him, Mikai Hill Green. I think. Uh, Quorum's dad. They went to some neighborhoods in Ipsy and were handing That's out turkeys. Cool. What a guy. Good dude. Good yeah. Well, I think he's from Baltimore, right? So like yeah. that's in his his home state. So also, I mean, the other part too is like Ronnie Bell has made every trip too. You know, mm-hmm. so they know that there are important leaders on this team that even if you're, you know, even if you're hurt, then they'll probably have you make the trip unless you have other other things going on. So um yeah, man, I, I, I just like I, I thought this game was it was a phenomenal showing for Michigan. And and listen, again, I don't know what's going to happen this week, but it feels like this team is is, you know, rolling right now. It really does. Um, the only thing I would say, were you guys a little concerned with the defense in the first half, maybe the third quarter, too? I'd say, if anything, the third quarter, but. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, I was focusing on drinking beer a little bit more than I was focusing on watching that third quarter when we were, <laughs> when we were, when we were up so much. So I have got nothing right now. I, I mean, they held two, uh, he, he's got what? 3,000. No, Three, does he have 3,000 passing it's yards? Little, little to a mother lover. Um, I don't know. Nah, I wasn't concerned. It's easy to not be concerned when you're winning by 41 also. So, right. Yeah, well, like, I wasn't, like, concerned about the game, but I was, like, watching the defense going, like, eh, we probably should have stopped them. Because I think – I'm thinking of that third quarter, more so that I think there was maybe one or two drives where they pretty much drove down the entire field. And uh, I think – I think Little Tua pretty much had, like, all the yards. Yeah, I mean, I – there were also – like, there were a couple throws in the end zone where – he missed the guys that were very wide open uh, that we know that CJ Stroud is not going to miss those guys. So I I'm, that would be my only like bad, like negative takeaway from this, this game is that, you know, the defense, they weren't like perfect essentially, which 
you can't expect anybody to be perfect out there. But then again, I think about it. And it's like next week on Saturday to win, we do need to be perfect. Like you need to play the perfect game. And that's just, you know, that's the reality of it. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, especially that's what the, the most concerning thing for me is. I mean, you see the week before the game, they blow out Michigan State. Oh and that's God. just like we were already worried about their offense. And we see them just like they, they literally scored a touchdown in every drive in the first half. Like, that, I mean, he had two incompletions. It's crazy. It, I mean, they're just – the receivers are so good. They can get wide open. And if they get like a little bit of space, Stroud's going to hit him in stride for a touchdown. But it, but they don't need a little – they aren't getting just a little bit of space. They're getting right. five to ten yards of space. And yeah. so – I, it is. It's obviously very concerning. I'm. I'm incredibly worried about their offense. But talking about that game, Ohio State versus Michigan State, that was one of the biggest ass whoopings I've ever seen in college football. Honestly, Dude. like yeah. Michigan State, it looked like a JV team. And to me, there are a couple things I'm thinking of. Holy shit, Ohio State is incredible on offense. And the other part is, holy shit how did we lose to Michigan state? They, that is not, that is not the same Michigan state team that walked onto the field in East Lansing on October 30th. Right. Yeah. But hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, I think though that, you know, for them, the Michigan game is the game that they get up for, right? Like that's their Super Bowl. Not, not necessarily playing Ohio state. That doesn't mean they didn't take it serious, but you know how it is when you play your rival in a big game, you know, you, you go all out. So it, I think it's not exactly like a hundred percent apples to apples, but right. I don't know. I, I definitely, saying. I definitely agree with that. I think that that is, that is the, the Super Bowl for MSU. And listen with the whole Mel Tucker contract thing, like he literally earned that by he's now two and O versus Michigan. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, outside of that, obviously they're, they have a great record this year and have played really well, but like, Mel Tucker hasn't won anything of significance yet other than beating Michigan. And that apparently earns you $95 million at MSU. So that is the, that is how much importance they put into that game. And it's up. It's been apparent over the last 15 years. Right. And yeah. so, you know, and, and, and now it, we're in a situation where you, you know, you're going into the Ohio state game. How much importance is Ohio State putting on this game and how much importance is Michigan putting on it? Because it's been pretty obvious that Ohio State has put a ton of emphasis on this game. Is Michigan truly putting a bigger emphasis? We've heard it all year. They've got the Ohio drill. They're talking about it. They've got it up in the locker room. Now it's got to be real, right? Yeah, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, right? You keep talking about it. Let's see what happens on the field. Yeah. God, <laughs> I was texting a couple of people yesterday and um, they were talking. I mean, they're just not as hopeful as I am, I guess I would say. <laughs> uh, and uh, they're like, dude, Ohio State just looks so good. We're going to get blown out. I'm like, come on, man. We're both 10 and one. It's at home. The vibe is different. There's always a chance. There's always a chance in a rivalry game. So, I mean, I, I think the f- Michigan's first drive will really set the tone. I think if they can score a touchdown on the first drive, I mean, obviously I'll feel a lot better. But, uh, Keeping up with them in the first half, I think it's going to be the biggest, the biggest thing that I want to see out of that game. 
yeah, what are you doing to beat Ohio State today, right? Like, we're going to find out on Saturday next weekend. Um, man, I don't know, man. I always have hope. <laughs> There's always hope. I know. But uh, it's I, you guys kind of already said it, right? You're going to have to play perfect on pretty much every facet of the game. So it can be done. You just got to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, what we saw on Saturday, Michigan State versus Ohio State, the one thing that I noticed, especially in the first half, which is when Ohio State scored 50 points, essentially. Jeez. They, how many times did Michigan State get pressure on that? Like zero. Zero. I, I mean, Stroud was sitting back there. Just I mean, he had not, nothing going on to distract him, nothing to, to get him uncomfortable. And, and then on top of that, his receivers were wide open. So that's where I feel like Michigan – going into this game has to say, hey, we're either going to blitz or, you know, Aiden and Ajabo, pin your ears back. We have to get to Stroud. I think if you can get to Stroud and get him uncomfortable, get him not feeling like he can sit back there for, for seven straight seconds, all of a sudden those routes aren't quite as open. That is what we saw in the Penn State game, right? The Penn State game was people were open out there but Clifford was not comfortable enough to sit there for long enough to, to watch them get open and get him the ball. So if Michigan can do that, that's where I think the biggest difference could be to stop uh, Ohio State's offense. Now, does it really matter? Are they that good? They very well might be. I mean, this is – let's be honest. Is this probably the best offense in the country? I think it is. Dude, you know what I'll what I'll uh, what I'll tell you and what I love about CJ Stroud as an opposing fan, I guess. He's not like Justin Fields where he likes to take off and run at all. Like he's got 25 attempts on the year for zero yards. He can, but he doesn't he do can, it. He can, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do it. And I'm like, thank God. Because that's killed us every year. Every year against Ohio State. It's like, all right, we finally like lock up receivers, but then there's an open hole for the quarterback to run. So Hopefully he doesn't, you know, do that in, in the game on Saturday. And, you know, if we can get a couple chances where the DBs, there's good coverage and Aiden and Ojabo can get to get him in the backfield. That, I mean, that's going to be a huge difference maker. I mean, did you guys watch the, uh, the like regular broadcast on the MSU Ohio State game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you see that, that uh, Ohio State lineman who like, used to play basketball. He's like 6'8", 360. Dunking was, all over the place. He's like juking dudes out. I was like, dude, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo are going to be going up against this guy who's like 360 and he can like juke laterally like that. That that kind of worries me. Now I, I'm also <laughs> like, hey man, it's Aiden and, and David. So like, I'm not mad. I think they'll figure it out. But yeah. When you see a guy that big able to move that athletically, that starts to get me worried. Well, that's that's been the thing that Aiden, specifically, obviously a job out too, but they have been able to put guys on skates. They've gone up against guys that are just as big as them, but Aiden, the thing that Aiden and Jabo both have is they're big and strong, but they're also super quick and, and they can move. So that would be the one thing that, like, if a guy can, you know, move laterally as well as be strong, that would be the one thing that could stop Aiden Hutchinson. So it's definitely something to think about. You know, I, I 
my thing with Michigan's uh, defense versus Ohio State's offense is are you going to throw something other than just blitzing at them, right? In the past, obviously, there have been issues with Don Brown just like constantly blitzing, and it's one package essentially that you're trying to throw at him. Is Mike McDonald's going to be able to disguise things and throw, you know, different uh, different packages at him and different things like that? That's where I think Mike McDonald has been good so far, and that's what his specialty is. So does he have that in him for one one more game? To you don't have to hold him to fourteen, right? But you just can't let him score fifty, right? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this is a game where legacies are made, right? And, you know, Harbaugh's legacy is on the line. And, you know, there's a lot of young guys that can make a big name just by having, you know, these coordinators, just by having a good game in, you know, this weekend. So there's a lot on the line. And I'm, I'm curious to see what Mike McDonald's going to do. Because, like you said, we've seen what happens with Don Brown's defense, and it, it didn't work. So if he can shut him down, man, give him a lifetime deal. Lock him up. Build a statue, dude. <laughs> Build a statue, yes. Yeah. It's so crazy, too, because a win – versus Ohio State could literally, like, shift your entire program. Totally. Yeah. Especially for Michigan. But if you if you lose, it's like it, it take, you take one more step back, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I do want to talk about the Michigan's offense versus Ohio State's defense and what you guys think that, you know, what we need to do to keep up and do all that stuff because what I saw on Saturday was very different. Like you said, Jack, than what I saw versus Indiana and and even different than what I saw versus Penn state, you know, they weren't trying to just run Hassan Haskins for 31 carries or whatever he's trying to do. You know what I mean? Like they, they were trying to get the ball to their weapons and go. Do you guys think that that's exactly what the game plan should be or, or will be for Ohio state? Should be. Yes. Will be. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see them just get, I mean, I don't want to keep having them see, you know, run up the middle, run up the middle. Then it's third down. Okay. It's time to pass, you know, like take some shots at your receivers, get them open, get your, get the ball in your playmakers hands, you know, do, do what they did against Maryland. Do exactly what you did against Maryland. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I want to beat Ohio state. So I'm like, do whatever you have to do. What would be amazing to me is if they came out and ran it entirely new offense and they were like yeah we've been working on this all year this is what we've been doing to beat Ohio State I'd be like this is perfect nobody's prepared for this looking at uh Ohio State's final scores I mean they've definitely had games where they've shut um shut some offenses down um but not like great teams you know I mean Purdue still scored 31 they're a solid team um Penn State scored 24 Oregon scored 35, obviously, and Minnesota scored 31. I mean, if those guys can score on them, Michigan can get in the 30s in this game. And if you can get into the 30s this game with the defense that you have, you're going to be able to compete. What's the fewest points their offense has scored? Um, do, do we want to talk about it? <laughs> 20, 26 against Nebraska. Wow. Yeah. Man, they they score a lot of points. And the thing is that they do it so quickly, you know, that's where people, you know, that's where teams get 
on their heels against them is it feels like you can't possibly keep up because they go out and score your their defense will you know their defense is not great for sure but their defense gets a stop and then all of a sudden they score again and it's 14 points within five minutes right and all of a sudden you can't you can't feel or you feel like you can't possibly uh you, you can't possibly keep up with them Michigan has to here's the thing. If Michigan does get out in front early, if they score early or go up 14, nothing like go back to what was it? 2017. They went up 14, nothing in that game, I think. And then they tried to just sit on it. You cannot sit on it. You have to just keep trying to score forever and ever because they can score so quickly that they can come back from essentially anything if they need to be. But yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest – the keys to this game is something that we saw on Saturday, special teams. We saw mm. a block punt. We saw them take a kickback. If we can get something creative going on special teams, all of a sudden that brings a whole new element into the game. Yeah. How, how about that, man? Mike Barrett with the toss to heading and just gone. Speed. I think I wonder, you know, if they're just like, okay, if they pooch it to you, you know, this is what we're doing. I mean, it had to be a setup play call. Like, yeah, apparently, oh, for there. sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that was something that like Maryland does, and that just goes to show to the game prep, right? They looked at what they do, they looked at their own personnel, and I said, hey, let's take advantage of that. That's awesome. I loved it. I also, I mean, you do have to give it up for Jay Harbaugh. I. Michigan has to have the best best special teams in the country. When you look at it from you've got Moody as a kicker who's, you know, nearly perfect. Mm-hmm. You've got Brad Robbins who won, you know, the, the best punter of the year last year is doing incredibly well this year. And then you have multiple scores in, in blocked punts and everything on essentially every single special teams team. And it's like, man, I – I, I've given Jay Harbaugh some shit over the years, but he's doing a phenomenal job as a special teams coach this year. Hard to disagree with that. But yeah, like you said, Moody, Robbins, you know, there's punt returns, there's block punts. It's a good point. I'd, I'd like to see if there's like a uh, pro football focus or something stat on like top ranked special teams in the, in the country. You definitely got to get creative on special teams if you want to be competitive against these, you know, elite teams. I don't know if you guys saw Alabama, Arkansas, but Arkansas ran a nice little fake field goal. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to get creative against these good teams. Yeah. And it can be that spark that you need sometimes, you know, honestly, the fake or the blocked punt was the spark that I felt like Michigan needed uh, against Maryland, even, you know, where it's like, you're, you're like plugging away. You're doing pretty good. Like if they don't have the black punt, they probably still win. I don't know, 28 to seven or something like that, or even 35 to 10, 35, 14. But all of a sudden, like you block that punt and it feels like the momentum just goes crazy towards you. If Michigan were to block a punt or take a kickback against Ohio state, I mean, the big house would be going you know so that just changes things and and then all of a sudden like the everything changes for you for what your game plan is how you want to do it you know you're you're not you don't have the ball back on your own 20 yard line you've got it on theirs all that stuff I think 
that the special teams thing is going to be, you know, could be a, a, a huge thing in the game versus Ohio State. The other thing I think is just turnovers. It, you have yeah. to be able to turn the ball over versus Ohio State. Otherwise, you're probably not going to stop them. And I'll, I'll, I'll go one more step there, too. I think if Michigan wants to win on Saturday, they've got to get probably a couple turnovers, and they also have to capitalize on those turnovers. You yeah. can't get a turnover and just you know either get a field goal out of it or nothing out of it. You have to go score. That's what great teams do. And that's something that can be so deflating, too. Like Even if you do get a turnover and you aren't able to score off of it, it's like you get up to this such high level of just excitement and like, okay, we're getting momentum. But if you don't score, it's just like, it just brings it way back down. Like you've got to capitalize on turnovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No question. Or, or just, I mean, not even, I mean, turnovers for sure, but just their mistakes. If they yeah. make a mistake and go, you know, three and out or do something stupid, they fumble the ball or, you know, like little things when they make a mistake, which they rarely do, you have to capitalize on it. That's what we've seen in the past where it's like, you know, uh, we've seen uh, Josh Metellus drop an interception that could have changed the game a few years ago. We've seen little things like that where it's like Michigan has had their opportunities and and it's just like just slipped through their hands a little bit. That's what you're going to have to do to beat Ohio State. We have to say it. They're that good, right? You have to play that perfect game. So it's – there's no other way to say it in my mind. Yeah. You're not wrong. All right. I'll keep preaching then. I'll keep preaching. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> oh man. I, is there, is, what are the, I mean, outside of their offense, just in general, what are the things that like you see going possibly wrong against Ohio state? Uh, I mean, we probably have a laundry list of them that we're suppressing down deep and don't want to talk about them, but you know, give me a couple, I guess, so that we can, you know, identify them and pick them out if it does happen. I mean, I think the obvious one is, um, you know, just getting beat in the secondary. I think if we get beat in the secondary, that's just going to be game over. Especially if those, because you know, those receivers can do whatever they want, whenever they want, because they're fast, shifty, they can get open. Stroud's going to hit them. I think, but I think the defense will be solid enough. I, I do think they will be solid enough. I think D line is going to get pressure. It's just, you know, it's a secondary going to be able to hold them. And then again, it's obviously the offense. Are we going to be able to run the ball? Is Cade going to be able to um, make the throws that we need him to make to get down the field? That that's my biggest concern. I could see us developing a game plan to contain all these elite receivers. And then they run a read option offense and just destroy us by having because we have linebackers out of position. So, like, I think we have to kind of be prepared for quite literally anything. So, and that's what to me makes it so difficult to play this team. Yeah, I, I think to me it's gonna be can you can you stay up with them and not get defeated after they make a big play, right? That's what they do so well, is like all of a sudden you make a big, big play or, you know, their receivers beat you for the sixth time. And it's like, man, it's just so defeating sometimes when you feel like you can't possibly keep up with them. So after those things happen, you just have to know they're going to get theirs. 
right? You have to go back out and go get yours too. And so there, there has to be a, 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 you know, some type of mental attitude there where it is, you know, Hey, it's okay. If you get beat, obviously we don't want, want it to happen, but you got to be out there for the next play. Don't get, you know, work on that. Don't get beat on the next play, that type of thing. And, and for Caden and, and Hassan in the offense, hopefully Blake Corum too. I have no idea what, what's going to happen with that, but you know, I, you, you hope that they can just keep plugging away, you know, keep plugging away. You, and, and I want them to, even if you miss that one guy, uh, Cade downfield, don't be afraid to throw it one more time. You know, let's, let's keep at it. There's, it's a long game, four quarters. You know, I felt like Michigan state was defeated after the first five minutes. You know, yeah. you can't be, you can't be doing that stuff. <clears throat> so, and, and the one thing I wanted to, to mention there too, Jim Harbaugh, after this game, during this game, we've seen it all season, but this is, I mean, this is a running joke that we've had for, for 12 weeks now. The energy, the culture, the change, it's just so different. You can see it in him. You can see it in his coaches. You can see it in his players. I saw that on, on the sideline on, against Maryland, and it was just like, man, who are you? You're not the same person. Some, there was a different Jim Harbaugh on the field last year and even in 2019, even in 2018. I mean, did you guys see the same thing? I feel like he – I feel – I don't even want – he's always been very intense. He's always been, I feel like, very intense, but I feel like he's a lot looser this year. I feel like that's the mm-hmm. biggest notice and, you know, change in energy that I've seen from him on the sideline. And guess what it feels like around the team? Like – Everybody's looser. Like Michigan football is doing different uniform combinations. Like, what is that? Like, that's not tradition. Like, you know, I feel like there's just a whole new change in energy and vibe and just like, you know, let's have fun. And I I think that's the biggest thing. And it looks like a lot of people are doing it. Definitely Harbaugh. It's definitely like the intensity is there too, right? Like yesterday it was fourth quarter. We're winning by like almost 40. It's like the end of the game. And Jim Harbaugh is like going off at the ref on some like little call. Right. And I love that. I'm like, that's why he's here. That's oh, hell yeah. Feeds off that kind of intensity. Right. So, I mean, the fact that he cares that much and he's that intense, like, I think that's huge for your team for the entire season. Yeah. And I, I was also told that uh, somebody that was there at the, at the game yesterday that he spent like, 45 minutes after the game with a bunch of alum uh, Michigan football alums that were there at the game. And they were just on the field, just like chatting it up. And like, he was showing them love and they were doing it. I Jim Harbaugh has not been that guy where he's like, you know, open to people. I feel like he truly is valuing his guys and alums now. And it's just like, he's, he loves Michigan football. And it's showing, you know, and I think the way that he loves Michigan football. Now there's the other side of it too, where these players love Michigan football as well. I'm not convinced if you go back to 2018, 2016, 2017, 2019, like I'm not convinced that a lot of those guys were like deeply entrenched in Michigan football. I don't know if DPJ was, I don't know if Tariq Black was Rashawn Gary, even Devin Bush. Like I'm not, I'm not sold that they were like true, like, I love Michigan. I love being here. 
this team right now, I'm pretty sure I can say everybody like talk about Shay, right? Shay Patterson. Do you really think he was like this Michigan guy through and through? I don't know. Now, like starting with Aiden and you go to Cade, you gotta go to Hassan, you know, Josh Ross. These guys are are like they love it here. And the one thing I saw from Dan Villari yesterday, and I've seen it a hundred times on on Twitter and on social media, Dan Villari was like, Jim Harbaugh is a great coach and an even better man. Right? Like That's I haven't huge. seen it in the past where guys have been just like flaunting how great Jim Harbaugh and how much they love them. Yeah. Are you ready to give him a lifetime contract or what? No, I'm not. But like, I just see the change, (laughs) right? Like I see that. And I think it's, it's so apparent because in college football, you need that they're, they're 18 to 22 year old guys. Right. And so like, yes, you need player development. Yes. You need strength and conditioning. Yes. You need, you know, you can go down the list. But I think the biggest thing is like you need to get guys that are bought into your program. And I feel like we have that more than we've ever had before. And that's such a big reason why I think Ohio State succeeds. You feel like everybody like all the players that go to Ohio State, I feel like they love Ohio State. Yeah, I could be reading that entirely wrong, but it seems that way. Yeah, and I mean, they they have a lot of tradition, too, right, with the gold pants and all that stuff. I mean crossing out the M's on campus for the games. Honestly, I, I kind of love some of the stuff they do to keep this game like at the forefront of their mind all season. So totally. I think, uh, I think what Jim's done though, to, uh, to develop the kind of character of his players and things like that is like, you can't put a price on that. I think that really speaks a lot. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. I, you know, I, I'm not, gonna say that Jim Harbaugh is the greatest coach out there I don't I you know probably not but I think that I have to give him a ton of credit for year seven when you had every chance to walk away and just say you know what am I here for I can't do this blah 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 to to get to this point like there just aren't that many teams that can say that they're at this point you know at the end of the year every year in Michigan, four times out of the six years, you know, they're there, right? So, like, you know, it just I, – I don't want to throw away pretty damn good for something that we think that can be, like, really great, you know? So, the uh, the the tune might change after this weekend, uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> but I, I wanted to set the precedent there where, you know, it, it's just I, – I think – you know, things are, are back on the right track is all I'm saying. Is all, that's yeah. all I'm saying. So we just need that, you know, that final piece to set in. We just need that win over Ohio State. Yep. Everybody I will agree. get it all. It's Harbaugh's back. I saw that the early spread was Ohio State by seven and a half. Yeah. I think that's a, I, I think that's a small spread, to be honest. <laughs> Don't you? I, I mean, after looking at last week, yeah. If I was I if I was a better, it just like unbiased better, I would slam Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Be hard not to. But we also know Michigan State's secondary is just trash. I, so true. True. That played a big part in it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um 
I don't know, man. I'm just hoping. Oh, God. I just want to win. I just, just want to win. win, baby. Just want to win. Want a Bless- moody game-winning kick. Don't even get me started. I would I, – <laughs> the things I would do. The things I would do. Um, the last thing I do want to talk about, too, and obviously we'll, we'll have another podcast here uh, coming, coming this week. We're at home, baby. We haven't been at home for this game when everything's on the table in a long ass time. 2003 was was the, the last time. Wow. That's crazy. That's t- almost 20 years. So that makes a difference, you know? And honestly, I want to we'll talk on uh, you know, later in the week we'll talk about how that affects um, you know, the the game itself, but I'm just excited to have that atmosphere at the Big House, yeah. right? Like the every time Ohio State's come to the Big House lately, it's like we've already lost it. You know, it, it, the game doesn't really mean much. They're, they've already locked in the Big Ten title game, you know, all that stuff. I'm just pumped to be able to, to take it on in a tailgate and, you know, have the big house rocket on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of excitement, man. I'm hoping I'm able to secure some tickets to be in there. I mean, that's just going to be – it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. I'm hoping Michigan fans really take over and, yep. you know – it's mostly maize and blue in there, which has been, hasn't been in pretty recent years. But uh, even for the tailgate, it's going to be a lot of excitement. I think people will be ready ready and going at 8 a.m. 8 a.m.? Oh, yeah. That's late. I mean, we'll be, we'll be there before that. I, I, I've already <laughs> been thinking about it, that we need to start setting up even earlier. I think we got to start setting up at like 6 a.m. or something. Like, like midnight? That. Yeah, midnight, midnight the night before. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I might not sleep this week, uh, all week. You know, other than my other than my Thanksgiving nap, that'll be my only sleep all week. I think. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Well, we've got a heck of a week in front of us here. I mean, it's exciting. You know, I encourage everybody just to like, whether you think that we even have a chance on Saturday or not. Just enjoy it, man. There are literally only a handful of teams out there that are in this situation where the last game of the season means everything and you have a chance to, to win it all, you know? So enjoy it. it. It's, it's a fun place to be, you know? Yes. We've been beaten down forever and ever and ever. I get it. I've, uh, we've all been kicked in the nuts. We've all felt that, you know, but enjoy it, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's have fun with it. We'll temper our expectations. We can keep them somewhat, you know, somewhat low. That's okay. But enjoy the moment and, and let's just have fun with it instead of being negative Nancy and, and saying, you know, we've got no shot. I'd rather, I'd rather at least, uh, you know, keep, keep it on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. I'm with well, um, positive vibes only positive vibes only. That's what it comes down to. Right. So, um, so yeah, well, with that, you know, we'll we'll definitely have some uh, some other podcasts this week. It's a big week for sure. So keep up with us on YouTube. Keep up with us everywhere else. Uh, you can find us at Blue by Ninety on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can find us at Mason Brew on YouTube. So we'll be on there as well. I'll be on the Brewcast uh, tomorrow too. Um, so check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, and yeah, all amazing brew social media, you know, they're shouting us out as well. So shout out amazing brew. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, we'll say go blue and beat Ohio. Go blue. Go blue.